I'm Amy Pruitt, founder of Radiant Yoga and Wellness in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Lisa Dumas, creator of Warrior to Warrior Yoga Therapy. The word radiant is often used in Ayurveda as a state of being in response to balancing practices. A warrior can be embodied by learning to skillfully navigate the light and dark of life on and off the yoga mat. Welcome to continued conversations intended to inspire presence, perspectives, and an open heart. Thank you for being here for another episode of A Radiant Warrior. Hi, Amy. Hi, Lisa. First official new podcast back. It's so nice to talk to you. I know. I missed our weekly conversations. And even just to check in with one another, which is how we're going to begin our episodes. And we encourage those of you listening to also take a moment to check in with yourself. You know, lots of um, therapeutic spaces or even wonderful conversations or corporations that want to create healthy cultures will have a check-in at the beginning of a conversation or the beginning of a meeting. It's nice to know where people are coming from. And in fact, it's something that I learn the last couple of years, even before you talk to a friend, it's kind of nice to check in to see where they're at, especially if you feel like you want to bent (laughs) to see if they can, to see if they can hold that. Yeah. I like that. I like it when people ask you if they can talk or, or vent, like you said, Mm because some people just are not in the space to hear what can come out of somebody else's mouth. It's true. It's true. But let's check in with each other where do I find you? Body, mind, heart? Um, Body, mind, heart. My body is in Columbus, Ohio, and it is humid. It's our our summers are very humid. So it's my hair gets very big and everything feels hot. And but I'm I'm loving the blue sky. And it's I'm not going to complain, but it's humid. Mm-hmm. And my heart is good. My heart is good. All good things. So I'm I'm feeling really good right now. How about you? I love that you said that. And it's almost like we need to normalize when we speak to our friends that it's great to be able to share joy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, I sometimes feel like when we ask our friends how they are doing or we think about how we are doing, we're sort of searching to to maybe give something that's not going right. And it's also really wonderful to celebrate the days when you're feeling like things are going well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I know I might feel like I don't wanna say how good things are going in case it might feel make someone else, you know, feel bad about how things are going for them so you know I, I I can hold back too when I feel like things are going great and and you just never know right now how people are doing because of this past you know year plus that this our planet has been through mm-hmm. everyone is everyone is in a very different space than we might think we might find them I agree I agree and when there are good days with each other and with ourselves i hope we do take the moment to celebrate i hope we do so i'm happy to hear that things are going well and we're going to hear more about that in this episode where you share a little bit of your last 15 16 months or so um my check-in today is 
we're recording late morning and so I got up early this morning in order to go and move my body. Our COVID pivot moved us to a place in California where it gets hot. It gets hot as the day goes on. So I like to get out and move my body early and enjoy that beautiful blue sky here as well. So that always helps me, you know, taking that action first thing helps me. I was very inspired um, by somebody that I found during the pandemic, um, Amanda Klutz, and she lost, she lost her partner and and her husband, Nick Cardero, to COVID. And something that she always says is, move your body because you can. And I think about that a lot. Um, And it does, it brings me a lot of joy to get on my bike, to walk, to anything that I can do outside. But here we have to do it while it's not um, super, super hot as it gets, which piggybacking on what we were talking about in our podcast last week where we had a replay of last year's podcast where we were talking about pitta and the ayurvedic dosha that is symbolic of the element of fire and how heat in our outer world can start to create more heat in our bodies and minds and that can translate to maybe increased frustration irritation control all of that i do observe that I do observe that in my world. It's very interesting and it helps to have compassion when when you realize how much we are affected by the world around us. Um, So that's just a bit of an aside about living somewhere a little bit warmer. Mm -hmm. And my mind has felt just today, just a little bit scattered. Uh, It's it's a place of a lot of ands. There's a lot to do, but as you said, all good. It's a privilege to be able to do the things that I'm doing. And there's an area in family life that I wish was different, an area that needs some love and attention. So that's always somewhere in the background for me right now at this time. So that's where my my body and, and mind are. You know, my heart is uh, is open. Mm. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Sounds like a, a full spectrum human experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Changing day to day, and the one thing that we can count on when we are experiencing frustration or irritation or pain or wishing something was different is that everything will change. Yes, absolutely. There has been so much change in both of our circumstances over the past year. You and I have chatted, but not as often as when we were doing the podcast. And each time I talked with you, you felt just a little bit differently about the fact that you were a new business owner Mm -hmm. when all of this went down. And you've talked really openly about your baby, Radiant Yoga and Wellness in Columbus. And I just want to share with our listeners that I don't know anybody who has loved, really loved up on your business and your space the way that that you have. I mean, you really treated it like a sacred space. You did so many special things in that space 
to make it special for the people that were entering it. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to share today about the experience of a new business owner when everything changes and everybody stays home and everything shuts down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I had planned. No. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a baby business owner when the pandemic struck. My studio had been open for nine months. And and it was like, like you said, it it was an act of love creating the studio. And I felt very maternal towards the studio. I felt I, like I needed to care for it, like one of my children. You know, I just, I felt this nurturing calling towards this space and this community. And we were on a roll, <laughs> you know, things were going great. And then the pandemic struck and the unknown, you know, just really sitting in the unknown of how long it would be, what it would look like, would it survive, and grieving the potential loss of the studio that I love so much and the potential loss of the community that I was um, so drawn to and, and loved my community so much and worrying about the people in our community, you know, would they be safe? Would they be well? Would they be healthy? And yeah, it was, it was a wild roller coaster ride. And I do not like roller coasters at all. They make me throw up. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that was what the last um, 16 months were like. It was just really having to sit in the unknown and I'll tell you, if I didn't have the practices that we talk about and that we use in our own lives, I don't know how I could have gotten through the last 16 months, either in the business of owning a studio or working as a nurse at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, my yoga practice, my asana practice for the past 16 months really looked like laying on the floor with a blanket quiet for as long as I could just to rest and be still. I was not one of those people who were going to use my time in quarantine to get a six pack abs or, you know, work on a, a new pose or learn a new skill. I was really called to deeply rest at every opportunity I could because everything else was so overstimulating, whether it was being in the hospital or trying to keep the studio alive. And, you know, our, our state shut us down, you know, mid-March and they said it, they thought it would be for six weeks. And um, so I didn't jump or pivot as everyone has had to pivot right away to online because I just didn't have it in me. And, and then I had to sit with that, you know, as the community was questioning, like, why can't we, why can't we just practice online? And I just didn't have it in me to work as a nurse and create this whole new business platform of moving a studio completely online. So I waited and about six weeks. And then when it, 
when it became clear that it wasn't going to be just six weeks that we were going to be shut down, it was going to be unknown how long we were going to be shut down. Then I, I did find the energy to put the studio online. And that was great. You came to teach through, through radiant yoga, which that was, that was one of the gifts of COVID is that you could practice and teach and guide our community weekly and our teachers just stepped up and learned new things overnight on how to teach yoga online because mm-hmm. we weren't doing that. You know, a lot of teachers were not, had never taught online and it was a whole new modality to learn and lighting and sound and microphones and oh, Zoom links. And, well, and and I want to interject about you. Something I really admire about you is I also felt like you didn't, rush the process because you you really wanted to learn about it and find the best user experience possible because a lot of technology came out right it's it just speaks mm-hmm. to our adaptability so much yeah. technology came out to make it more streamlined for studios that were teaching online for both the teachers and the studio owners and the participants as well. So you took the time to research. This is something that I love about being in partnership with you um, because I am more like jump in and and you are thoughtful <laughs> and you take the steps and you want to have the structure. It's I, I love that about you. So I also mm-hmm. feel like just what I know about you, it wasn't necessarily all that you didn't have it in you but you needed to process and you needed to find uh, the best way that was going to answer all the questions and fix the issues that you were probably pre-thinking about which also brings me to another question that I have because you are strategizing you are holding a lot in your mind about um, what you do as a nurse and then you know as a matriarch of your family there in Columbus and now the matriarch of this studio. Mm-hmm. You're holding a lot in your mind, yet you took the opportunity when you could just to rest. That in itself is a discipline, I feel. Mm-hmm. You know, because I've been faced with, and I think a lot of people can relate, the choice okay, I've got some space here. I could rest, <laughs> but but sometimes, especially because of COVID, the need to distract as well right. felt more ever present than ever. Like, what can I do to offer myself just a little sweetness or a little respite to take my mind off of all of the noise and the stages of grief that people were going through and that unknown? Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, how did you have the discipline to say, no, I'm laying on the floor with a blanket now? What was that process for you? Well, you know, for those who have listened to our podcast for a while, they know that the great work of my life is overcoming burnout and grief. And here, here I am now faced with COVID, which would potentially throw me into the worst burnout and the worst grief I had ever faced in my life. And so recognizing that this is what COVID is bringing to me now, that I might face the greatest grief of my existence with the potential loss of friends or family members or my business or you know it it made things it made certain things seem very trivial and then also 
not trying to not trying to do all the things. I recognize that in my past life, I probably would have like jumped right into the deep end of the pool as far as trying to pivot the studio to this, you know, immediate online platform and and offer all the things to all the people and and then there was a real unknown at that time about what my position at the hospital was going to be and I just had to really set everything down that I could to be prepared for that and and also knowing that what I had overcome in my past with being so burnt out and being so you know heartbroken that I just had to face these things and not try to distract from the potential loss or the potential grief, but to actively grieve as I was grieving so that it didn't stick or perpetuate. And, and so when I was lying on the floor with my blanket, so often I was grieving, you know, and I was feeling it in the moment and, and allowing it to move through me and, and not tucking it away somewhere to be dealt with later, which is what I could potentially do. <laughs> and, um, and so I just felt like all the gifts of all the studies of yoga and Ayurveda weren't to, you know, get me into a backbend or get me into a deep forward fold. They were to let my heart remain open and allow things to come as they were going to come and allow things to go and let go of things that, you know, I might have to let go of and letting go of the studio during that time. Like, you know, I, my community here is just amazing. And they would email me and they would send me letters and cards and, and they knew I was working as a nurse and they were worried about me. And, you know, it was just, they, they kept me going. They, lifted me up and and it felt very much like a family this community and and but they would check in too and be like hey um what do you do you have any plans <laughs> on you know when you might open the studio back up because we were allowed to open back up in um with a lot of um covid protocols in place we, we could have opened back up to in-person classes like last June and knowing what I knew and what I was seeing in the hospital, there was no way I was going to put people in a room together for an hour moving and breathing. I just couldn't do it. And I know that other studios did it successfully without outbreaks in their studio and, and I commend them for their bravery. I just didn't have it in me to I was so worried and the potential for harm I felt was greater than the potential of like putting a nail in the coffin of my business. And I had to just sit with that, you know, that my choices were different than other business owners. And I had the privilege to be able to weather things as far as I did. And I know that's a privilege and um, I, I, I acknowledge that. And I, I couldn't do it. And I didn't know if the business would survive. I didn't know if the business would survive until probably April of this year that we were gonna make it. You know, The timing was gonna come down to how long could I hang on to the space 
versus how long was COVID going to ravage our community? And vaccines saved everything for, you know, it saved our, our community's health. It has saved lives. It will continue to save lives. It is going to save our economy. It's going to save businesses. And that's the one thing that turned everything around for me. You know, it changed everything inside the hospital when vaccines came and, um, and it, it allowed me to keep my business. So okay. I'm, a, I'm a huge vaccine cheerleader. If anyone has any questions about that, um, you know, I'm, I am all for, for those who can get it to get it. And, and I think it's what will save us in the end. I was about to highlight that. Having you in my life throughout COVID, having you not only be in the yoga and wellness world, but also be a registered nurse who saw, as you said, firsthand the ravages of what we were experiencing and the toll of what we were experiencing. Nobody could minimize it to me after having talked to you. And so, yeah, you're saying it out loud and I love that we're saying it out loud because I suppose you own a yoga studio. I'm a yoga therapist. We're in the yoga and wellness world, but we are we are yay science yay science (laughs) yay science (laughs) i believe in science Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i know that's when it the tables turn for you when you started to to believe because you know you are understanding the back end of the effectiveness of vaccines and that health is a public issue so i knew that that's when the tide was turning in your heart that Mm -hmm. you started to have hope and that gave me hope too just because you have information that many people don't within that industry yeah and i think i think the information is available to anybody but i do think when you have a personal experience also that 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 can of course directly affect your belief system and and yeah covid scared the hell out of me mm-hmm. right off the bat and mm-hmm. and continued to until i saw the effects of vaccines and and you know when i got my first vaccine i cried and mm-hmm. you know when Us my too. Parents, yeah, i know <laughs> and then you know when my parents got theirs i thought oh my god they're gonna make it you know like because i really they were at the forefront of of my thoughts all the time that mm-hmm. that covid was gonna kill my parents and and being so afraid of anybody coming in contact with them and my mother calls me her warden, you know, um, of her prison that <laughs> she jokingly says I put her in, um, or, you know, and, and if anybody enjoyed quarantine, I think it was my parents because they have a beautiful relationship and they have a lot of fun together. And so for them to be stuck together was such a blessing, you know, that they could come up with new ways to entertain themselves and, um, you know, new interesting things that they could learn about during quarantine. And, and they, and, you know, I know that I was hard on them and, um, but they listened and I appreciated that, that I didn't have to have a division that I've seen in other families, you know, where some family members 
feel one way and, you know, the other half of the family feels the other, it can create a lot of conflict. And so there was no questions in our family that we were not going to get together for Christmas and Thanksgiving and birthdays. And, and we were just going to put a pin in it until we were able to safely get together again. And that was so hard. Like, I grieved that, you know, I just felt like my heart was breaking when I couldn't be around my family and how much I took that for granted before. And, you know, just having, being able to see them for lunch or hang out with my grandbabies, you know, without any precautions was so hard over the last year. And, you know, being able to freely see them now that it, that we're all vaccinated and, uh, you know, it just, it, I savor it now. And mm -hmm. I think that's a gift of COVID is one of my students said, and I think I shared it with you and I don't think I shared it last week, but one of my students came back to the studio and we were talking, catching up and, you know, how is your heart? And, and he said, you know, he said, the one thing I learned is that I should have appreciated the good times more and the bad times probably weren't all that bad. And that's one of the things that he was going to take forward with him. And I felt that deeply. And I, and, and recognizing that not everyone is re-entering the world at the same speed. You know, I'm, I'm so full of joy and happiness and going outside and looking at the blue sky and, and being able just to, you know, go to the park with, with my grandsons or, you know, open the doors to the studio and see all these faces that I haven't been able to see in real life for well over a year, how much I appreciate it. Like I appreciate it so much being able to see my friends again. I, I haven't seen my friends and, you know, oh, since March of 2020 and that was really hard and how much fun it is now just to see them, you know, and, so I, that's what I'm taking out of this. And, and also, you know, acknowledging that some businesses didn't survive and some people didn't survive and, and honoring them, you know, honoring them in all the ways that we can, that, that I don't want to forget this, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to take the gifts from it, but I also want to recognize that, that a lot of lives were lost, a lot of, you know, businesses will never come back. They'll never open. And that's just so heartbreaking. That's so heartbreaking. And, and I don't want to forget that, you know, that this, this changed things, you know, profoundly for people. And a way to honor that is, is just like you mentioned, to not take any of this for granted to yeah. savor our relationships and savor our opportunities to celebrate life. I moved to some place where I don't have community. So my community has been my, my husband, my partner. And I know that you mentioned your parents, they had each other. They have a wonderful relationship. I also know that you have a strong relationship with your husband and I think a lot of people had to learn to show each other a lot of grace and a lot of people's relationship did not make it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the best ways to honor that is 
to savor and appreciate and not take for granted what it is that we do have. Can you share, I know that both you and your husband, Jeff, you're in the healthcare profession. Mm -hmm. And how, how does one show each other's grace when you might be just raw you know you might you might households of people under such intense stress what are some practices that we can think about when we're in relationships that are under stress i i think for us one of the things that we're really good at is recognizing when the other where the other is and not taking it personally and supporting each other in all ways. And I was really thankful that when I was having complete meltdowns, he wasn't at the same time, (laughs) you know, (laughs) he could kind of hold space for me and, and just, you know, be a sounding board and, you know, be just be present for me. And then vice versa when he was having, you know, worst days, then I could hold space for him and be just present for him and, and not, not take personally if he's in, if he, you know, is, is angry or upset about what was happening in the world. There was a lot to be angry about last year, a lot. And, and I felt very angry a lot about a lot. Yeah, I was angry quite a bit. And, and, and he, you know, he just let me be angry. And and I wasn't angry at him. And he wasn't angry at me. But we were, you know, it was very, you know, and just letting that anger flow. And not trying to put any other kind of face on it. So I think we just honored each other's emotions and, and came out much stronger having gone through this together having us both be in healthcare and and we you know we were both i think worried for each other for each other's safety what mm-hmm. was going to happen to either one of us were we going to get sick were we going to uh, and i think he and i both even said it out loud we felt like it was inevitable that one or the other of us was going to get sick from this because there was there it wasn't 100% foolproof the you know the um, wearing PPE or, you know, even encountering people in the hospital or mm-hmm. in the healthcare setting that he's in. And, and I think we just thought it was kind of inevitable. And, and then masks really do work <laughs> because if <laughs> him and I could both, and our coworkers could all, you know, make it through this un you know, as unscathed as, as we did. Now we had, coworkers and colleagues who did get sick and you know that was hard and that was scary we were just really living in the moment with each other and we ate a lot of good food mm-hmm. <laughs> and we mm-hmm. you know the things that we could do for to bring some happiness or sweetness like you said into our lives like we we ordered a lot of takeout and you know i definitely put on the covid 20 pounds that <laughs> you hear people talk about and i i don't care you know i just think 
we made it. And if I come out of this 20 pounds heavier, so be it. You know, a few things there. Actually, you've said a few things that I I do want to highlight, too. I hope that that's where people can give themselves grace, because it is also just a survival thing. When our bodies are faced in uncertainty and unknown, you know, we are it's not going to be a time when we are going to get those abs. Typically, you know, that's that's where I hope people can give themselves grace and and let go of the shame that is going to be perpetuated by diet culture that now we need to lose those 15. Here we are, we are merging. So right back to it, everybody. Um, And then when you were speaking about your relationship, I mean, part of that is simply your constitution, but you said something so important that has been a huge lesson for me. Um, Living 24 seven with my husband, we both work from home. Mm. is recognizing what is ours and what's theirs and recognizing that anger is not ours you know that somebody else's anger belongs to them and not to us that is a huge lesson and especially for those of us who our go-to is is shame in the face of anger uh, Mm -hmm. that is a that is a lifelong lesson so I, it's, a, it's an important reminder that, that for you and Jeff comes easily. And so you set it within the context of a larger conversation. You know, we just didn't take it personally, but that's, that's huge. You know, that, that has to be a huge inner reminder when I'm faced with, you know, frustration from another is that's not mine. That's not mine. Mm-hmm. That's not mine. Yeah. And it's not, not taking... yours to take on and it's mm-hmm. not yours to make better. Mm-hmm. But how nice it is to have somebody just there, just witnessing your experience and and not getting involved. You know, like you said, not taking it on as their own and then trying to make me feel better or trying to, you know, whatever. Like just letting me be angry and mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was angry quite a bit. And I was very I felt so raw for the past 16 months just raw in all the ways and everything would just piss me off and <laughs> you know and and it could be and it could be somebody else's good fortune you know would make me angry and and or or you know if i was like looking at other yoga studios and they were like saying oh come to class it's so great and it would just make me angry because mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i knew in my heart i couldn't do that I mean, I could, but I couldn't. And, and. Well, there is a lot there. You said it last time. You said it last year at this time. There is a lot to be outraged about. And also, you just recently mentioned, you know, anybody who, anybody can find information. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole for sure. And it needs to be acknowledged that in our world of social media, people are fed the information that they maybe even just pause through the scroll. That's mm-hmm. the information they're going to be fed. So unfortunately, and that's why we do find ourselves in, in the division we are, one of the reasons that we find ourselves in that division is because we're fed the information that has interests us or that we have looked for. And so unfortunately, it has become more difficult to find the information, which is a blessing when you have somebody in your life that is showing you the truth you know mm-hmm. is is actually living the truth so that's been a blessing of having you in my life and also i think one of the blessings of you speaking 
right now, just so, Mm -hmm. so truthfully and speaking your truth based on what you've seen and what you know. Yeah, I, I would, I would be angry if I saw somebody's picture of their like family gathering, you know, (laughs) I would just, and they would, and in, in what other world would you, would that make you angry? And normally you'd be like, oh, that's so wonderful. They're all, you know, they have this big supportive family and they get to get together. And, and that would make me angry because one, it could have been potentially very dangerous. And two, I couldn't see my family. And, and so, it was just such an interesting time to observe my own reactions to things that in any other world, I wouldn't be reacting in that way. But but just in allowing myself to feel those things and to be sad that I couldn't do things that other, that I saw other people doing and, and, you know, being reminded daily that we are we were still in a pandemic <laughs> when I felt like there were parts of the world or parts of our country that just wanted to be done with it and so they were just going to be done with it and and we weren't done with it yet and well anger too is always not well anger is often a mask and, and something that we put on mm-hmm. and underneath it is fear, you know, mm-hmm. as you were saying, fear for your family and sadness mm-hmm. and and grief. So for, again, it depends on a person's constitution, but often that is what anger is. And what a gift when we can remember if we see anger in another, and I don't mean anger that is destructive of boundaries and violent, um, but if we see, you know, frustration and irritation in a loved one, what a gift if we can go to compassion and wonder what's underneath that. That's definitely been some of the work of my life to to not immediately sort of feel afraid, um, you know, based on on past history with anger. So it's it's a really good reminder. It's interesting that we're having this conversation that's centered around anger when we are coming into pitta season. Mm-hmm. And I also love that your practice is getting to know yourself. Do you, we haven't, I haven't asked you this. Do you find that when it's hotter that you do notice that you feel irritated more easily? Or have you in the past, maybe before these practices that help to give us balance? In the past, I have a pretty... I have a pretty split dosha between Pitta and Kappa. So they tend to help balance each other out. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get that intense irritability if I get hot, you know, I don't get that. Um, I was just teaching that to your students yesterday, mm-hmm. the, the beautiful union, if you think symbolically and elementally, the beautiful union between fire and water and, mm-hmm. you know, too much water will douse the fire right out and we all need fire in order to take action and take responsibility and digest food and digest life Mm -hmm. Um, but just that right amount of water receptivity understanding being able to go with the flow if you Mm -hmm. match that with your fire then you've got the ability to take action but you also have the flexibility 
to live this life mm-hmm. and not go insane. <laughs> right, right. And I, I do, I can feel them both pretty equally. Mm-hmm. I can feel, and I can feel when one of them is out of balance, mm-hmm. like too much laying on the floor with a blanket <laughs> for 16 months has definitely, I have felt the effects of that. And, and also too much pitta in my mind of just feeling this, this intense, anger of the state of the world, I had to recognize was in direct reaction to what was actually happening in the world. Like I could allow myself to be angry because it was so outrageous. <laughs> you know, it at every turn, there was a new thing, not just the pandemic, but issues of social justice, mm-hmm. police brutality, our political system. It just went on and on and on of the news cycle of things to be outraged about. And and so I didn't feel like I needed to not be angry. I felt like it was appropriate anger. And, oh, yeah. And that anger, that anger can be channeled into action. I mean, that's correct. Yes. Yes. And so I did feel that and did a lot of like you said, checking in with myself. Is this appropriate to this situation? And I felt like it was. It was appropriate to to grieve deeply the losses that the, that we were all experiencing, no matter how small or large, and also to be outraged at, you know, the injustices that we were seeing and and just the inability, I felt like. I felt very paralyzed over the past year almost daily of what I had control over and what I didn't and and sitting with that letting go of control because I didn't have any control oh you're right it's like a macro version of what you were doing with yourself on that micro version just you know feeling it and I feel like the whole world you know if you were aware and learning and um, unlearning we were all just sitting with the truth of what was. You know, were all just sitting with what's being revealed. I found it really interesting when I I would just let go of control and and how much more ease that brought into my life instead of trying to fight at every turn when I couldn't control things anyway. And and watching other people who really tried to control their situations or or turn away from, you know, they just wanted to move past things. And a lot of stuff we couldn't move past. You couldn't just pretend that, you know, the pandemic was going on. And the people who pretended that it wasn't going on seemed to be then really frustrated when they were confronted with the reality that yes, the pandemic is still happening. And and I found that interesting trying to watch people navigate as if things were quote unquote normal instead of just honoring that nothing was normal and maybe that might be an easier path to take just sitting in the unknown for me that was easier for me and and i know that you know that wasn't the case for everybody but yeah and we'll get into that a little bit more next episode because you know that that was a lot of my work over these past 16 months is working with a lot of young people who don't have 
um, the tools and the skills yet and the mental health crisis that was just rampant. That, um, that, that was a big part of, of what I experienced and, and worked mm-hmm. with um, very close to me and then, you know, with a, with a lot of different young people. So, oh, and, and also a expressive <laughs> Bowie in the background. Bowie. <laughs> um, and with that, let's, let's have our check out because we'll check in and then we'll check out um, of every one of these conversations because we found last year when we were recording this that we would come into a conversation one way but then you know we all know how we feel after we've had a talk with one of our friends and we get to go get out of our own particular way of looking at the world and our own lens and we hear ourselves in the words of somebody else and we become inspired and we feel more connected and so just briefly um, because full disclosure, I have another work appointment, <laughs> but briefly, um, I have one of those sessions. Um, my, the way that I'm feeling now at the end of this conversation is just even more inspired to remember what I have control of. Um, yeah, just just to continue that. That is just a continual practice to remember what I have control of and just take care of my side of the street and notice if I'm taking things personally and just continue that practice. And also a lot of a lot of gratitude to you know, to have somebody like you in my life. They say that the five people that you spend the most time with are some of the people that define who you are. And I have, even though we haven't talked that often, I talk to you a lot more than a lot of other people. Like there wasn't a lot of isolation. Um, I'll get into that next week, but there was with, you know, just all the changes we were creating. But um, so I'm glad that you are one of those people that I can regularly check in with. Mm, I feel I feel very much very much the same I um I to check out of this conversation I just want to continue to live in that slowness of being able to savor things and not feel so rushed to get everything done or do more be more build more but to just savor what's right in front of me thank you for listening to the radiant warrior podcast If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.